Hey everyone, Austin Schneider here. Welcome to Rise Podcast, where we talk about real influence, self-development, and entrepreneurship. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Rise Podcast. Super excited for this episode because we have my pastor, Pastor Drew Davies in the building. This is going to be an awesome conversation, guys. Um, it's gonna be a prophetic one. It's good to as be well. here, Austin. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to be on your podcast. Yes. I, when you started it, I quietly thought to myself, maybe one day, <laughs> maybe one day I'll get the call up and I'll be on it. But it's such an honor to be on yeah. here, and you're and doing so many great things. Yeah, this is like our, our second ever shoot in Brantigic Studios too. So cool. And it's been so cool for you to be along the journey as Brantigic has grown. And, it's amazing. And what has happened is amazing, Austin. Being aligned with with Hope Village Church as yeah. it's grown and, and all the things that you're doing at, at Hope Village Church with yeah. Marketplace and all that stuff. So, um, Wait, um, can I just brag on you for a quick second? Yeah. Just for all the people watching okay. today because I didn't, say, I, didn't yeah. tell you I was going to do this, yeah. but I met Austin March 2020, right when COVID was hitting. Brantigic was what you and a couple other people Literally working out of your apartment. out of your apartment. Yeah. Like, uh, here we are. Fast forward, what sixteen, seventeen months later, yeah. you've got you've taken so many great steps. You've you've gotten an office there. Now you're growing into an office here. You're constantly growing yourself, which I think is part of the reason why Brantigic's continually growing. So I just yeah. wanted to honour you. Yeah. Just you're such an inspiring guy, yeah. and you inspire so many people, and everyone speaks so highly of you. So I just wanted to. Just throw that out there yeah, to anyone watching it. today. Sheesh. Maybe you're wondering, ah, oh, this Austin guy is cool. He has, you know, great hair, great fashion, uh, but he's also got a lot, a lot of great things to say. And probably one of the hungriest learners I know is Austin. So, yeah. wow. anyway, just to give you some honor, man. Thanks, man. It's cool. I'll receive it's been, it. It's been fun to watch it start and continue. And I think what's going to happen in the future is going to be wild for Brandtigic yeah. and for you. Yeah, and I think just to kind of sit on this for a second is aligning yourself with a good church and mm. a church that gives you the ability to tap into the power of God not only in your personal life but vocationally mm-hmm. and um, to uh, align ambitions in a, in a good way mm. um, so it's been a lot of fun just to be a part of Hope Village Church and, and grow with Hope Village Church and yeah. want to equally honor you for just all the work that you're doing in Seattle and, and transforming people's lives and um, all the good things that, that you're doing to, to shape the city and to help some people out so we're having You're fun. We're having it's fun. Happening. We're doing what we can it's do. It's crazy how much it's blowing up. It's, cr- it's yeah. fun. We're, we love our, We love the city. We love the people here. Yeah. And we really believe we're going to see, continue to see a move of God in the city. Not just with our yeah. church, but with, with all the churches that are here. There's so many great yeah. churches in our city. And we're going, to see a, we're going to see revival in this place. Yeah, come on. It's cool. For that. So, man, Drew, you have such a cool story. So, mm-hmm. the accent's pretty cool. Why don't mm-hmm. we backtrack a little bit? So, <laughs> there's so many nuggets in your story that I think just are fantastic of okay. faith of, of wisdom of discernment mm. of listening of, of um, leadership in many ways and so you you grew up in Australia yes that's the accent and the you, Aussie accent so you got into ministry in youth or yeah I mean I can still bit. remember I was um, like 12 years old and the the lead pastor of the church sat me down and said, hey, we, we want to see you start to serve and be a kids' church leader. Mm-hmm. And I walked out of church that, that day as like a 12-year-old, and I felt like, my goodness, someone just told me that I could be a leader. This is yeah. crazy. Uh, and, I, and I still remember that day very clearly, even though it was quite a while ago. Um, that someone, that's, that's the very first time someone said to me, we see leadership in you in, in the church setting. And so that was a, a cool moment. So I started serving in kids' church. 
um, started serving in like youth, junior high, senior, like just you know, that kind of age bracket for a number of years. Mm. My, my story is pretty much, I was the guy at youth group every Friday night. Yeah. Like, I, like it was a priority for me as a student, but then as, I, as a leader as well, especially yeah. in my young, young adult years. I think every Friday night I was at youth from when I was about 12 years old to when I was 25 and wow. we moved here to the States. Crazy. And I would no, never trade that for, for anything. Yeah. Never trade that. If, you, if you're a parent watching today and you've got you know, kids, you know, I, can't, I can't stress enough how important it is to have your kids in church, yeah. have your kids in youth. They, they can get some job at McDonald's and make, and make minimum wage. It's just not worth it. They're yeah. going to make $40 on Friday night. No, have them at yeah. youth. Anyway, yeah. just no doubt. It's a tangent. But yeah, that's, that was our, our journey in Australia. Yeah, so you're there. You're serving for a good 10 years and you're also in, in the marketplace. And mm-hmm juggling working and yeah. crushing it in real estate and then also yeah. the serving at the church. Yeah. Yeah. All that. When I, when I say I was at youth every Friday night for yeah. 13 years, I, I wasn't paid a dime for that. I was a volunteer yeah. the entire time. I went into business with my dad shortly after getting out of high school, did a few different jobs to earn money, did Bible college, did a whole bunch of stuff. But it really was business that enabled me to have flexibility and to earn more money so I could go and volunteer yeah. 5, 10, 20 hours a week in the youth ministry. Yeah. And then what, what was the turning point when you were like, oh, I want to uh, move to a place called San Diego? Yeah. What happened there? Because you seemed yeah. like everything was going pretty good. and Things were good in Australia. Things were really good. Yeah. Life was good. Loved our church. And you and your lovely family were... Family is great. It was, it was Georgia and Emma, or oh. Georgia Pastor Emma and Jack. Jack was J- yeah. born in... All the kids were born here in the States. Okay, okay, yeah. wow. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yep, so... It was our, well, backtracking. When I was 17, I had a moment um, in a youth conference in Sydney. We're from Brisbane. The conference was in Sydney. It was Pastor Jürgen's conference, actually. And I I felt this really uh, kind of strange calling from God to the United States of America. Never been here. Watched a lot of Sesame Street. Maybe that's something to do with it. I don't know. Um, But I felt this this, almost like my heart was breaking Mm. for the United States, which is kind of strange because... When you look at it statistically, there's probably more people in churches in the United States than in Australia. So it's like, well, why, why do I feel this God? So um, you fast forward a few years from that, get married. A um, couple of years into marriage, Emma and I, it's our third or second anniversary. We're having dinner, we're talking about the future. And we're like, oh boy, if we're going to, if we have a heart for America and a heart for church planting as well. That was, what, yeah. that was what that moment was when I was 17, for a heart for America, a heart for church planting. Yeah. Um, we're like, if we're going to do that, then we're probably going to have to move to America at some point. Yeah. And then um, a, a really cool guy, Pastor Jürgen, you, you, you met him a couple of yeah. times. Um, him and his wife, Pastor Leanne, had started a church in San Diego just a couple of years before we moved there. And you had no idea who he was before you Well, we, we, we knew each other as, more as acquaintances, really. Okay. It wasn't, there wasn't like, um, we, hadn't, we hadn't hung out. I used to go to his youth conferences. He used to come and speak at, at my church every now and again in Brisbane yeah. and always admired him, from, but, but from afar. And I always thought to myself, that'd be a guy that I'd, I would just be fascinated to serve and learn from, yeah. get up close with, yeah. catch what's on his life and Pastor Leanne's life. So we made that choice. Beginning of 2011, let's... Let's sell up stuff in Australia. Let's, mm-hmm. let's leave behind a great family business. Let's leave behind. My wife was a special needs teacher, uh, which was just basically a, a golden career as far as when you get a, a job for, for the state in, yeah. in education in 
Australia, you're, you're set for life, pretty much. Like, it's, pretty, it's great. So, and she loved what she did, yeah. um, looking after kids with special needs, teaching them. And so yeah. we had a lot to lose. We had a lot to lose. We used to live on the beach in Australia, literally walk across the street, there's the water. Wow. And so um, we, we made that choice to leave all that behind, go and, and do an internship in San Diego in 2011. Went from making six figures to making nothing. Yeah. And I just really felt that, hey, this is, this is something we want to do. Yeah. And you know, for some people, they, they love college. I think college has, yeah. has merit in some, in some careers and some ways you want to go in life. But I would encourage anyone watching today, if you want to go and you know, crush it in an, in an industry, go find the people who are crushing it in that yeah. industry and give them a year of your life. Yeah. It's going to be worth a lot more and probably a lot cheaper than yeah. a college degree in, in many instances. Totally. So yeah, we moved there 2011 to do a, a one-year internship. It was crazy. So you left a lot to literally nothing. Yeah, we went from living on the beach to, um, we moved into a home and we weren't sure how it was gonna work with like finances and all yeah. that stuff. So we ended up living in a, a spare room of my, uh, my friend's parents' place in San Diego yeah. with a bunch of other people. Yeah. Shared a bathroom with like four other guys. Oh and I, I don't know how my wife put up with that. I, she's, she's oh, that's yeah. amazing. But, um, one year turned into, into two years living in that house just to, yeah. just with finances and and all that stuff so we <laughs> it was quite a change but you yeah. know and I've, i think i've preached this on sunday yeah. I, I, we were loving it it yeah. wasn't like i was oh man this is really hard this is terrible poor me yeah. i used to live on the beach and now i'm sharing a bathroom with a bunch of people yeah i think when you're in the will of god and you're in your lane and you're in the purpose you can yeah. put up with a whole bunch of stuff like that. Yeah. So what was your vision as you were moving from Australia to San Diego? Was it, mm-hmm. I'm going to go under Jurgen and then hopefully get a job with Pastor Jurgen? Or is it, hey, I want to kind of find a job and maybe maybe also serve on the side? Or what was what yeah. was pulling you so hard? Because yeah. to leave all of that, to go out on a whim, yep. literally have nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't envision myself ever being mm-hmm. able to do it. I don't feel. Mm-hmm. Um, but there must have been something really strong from yeah. a vision perspective. Yeah, we went, we went to San Diego with, with the two goals, to, to serve the vision of that church and to learn. We were, you know, I think there, there are definitely seasons of your life where I feel like you can be more intentional about being teachable. And that, that year, we were like 100 million percent. We need to be so teachable. We need to learn so much. We need to soak this whole thing up. Because my plan was, was to go there, serve and learn for a year. Yeah and then go plant a church. So we graduated from the internship, sat down with Pastor Jurgen and said, hey, I want to plant a church in Orange County. Because who wouldn't want to plant a church in Orange County? Who's not called to Laguna Beach? (laughs) I mean, come on, Lord. Lord, do you want me to go to Newport? I'll go to Newport. Lord, is it you? Is it you, Lord? No. Uh, And I sat down with Pastor Jurgen. I said, I want to do this. And and, uh, I could tell he wasn't that into the idea. I think he would have, if I'd really pushed it, said, okay, off you go. But we we made a choice. We want to be sent into the next season of life not went, not kind of run off into it. So we, yeah. we, I kind of just put that on the shelf and I was like, well, if, it, if, if we're going to plan a church in Orange County, let's just chill for a minute. Went and got a sales job. So like just uh, then volunteered at church, did a sales job for a while. Yeah. Had a really good time doing that. It was a pretty high pressure commission yeah. kind of role. Weren't you always the number one in the country though? I, at one point I was, I did, I did make it to number one in this yeah. pretty big company. And so it was, uh, it was cool. I think it was really a harvesting of sewing into that into uh, Awakened Church for a whole year as an intern, yeah. plus a lot of hard work, plus just the point that I, I had to make I had to make a lot of money at that point. Yeah. We, were, we were losing so much money, um, not not working for a year. So you totally. anyway, so put the idea of church planning on the shelf, and then did that, and then a couple of years later, before we know it, Pastor Jurgen's sitting down with 
Emma and I, and he's saying, hey, we want to start our third location. So as you know, Awaken Church, our church in San Diego, yeah. was a multi-site, is a multi-site church. They've got several locations. We were location number three. Yeah. And Pastor Jürgen said, hey, we want you guys to think about starting our third location down in the South Bay of San Diego. And if you know the South Bay of San Diego, you know that it is an awesome place. Yeah. It is packed full of great Mexican food <laughs> and it's awesome. And so we, we went ahead and did that. We started in a living room with a handful of people that were uh, part of the one of the other locations. Yeah. A few months later, we had um, started in a movie theater, yeah. uh, an AMC movie theater. Yeah. Started with one service. God just grew that thing. We're just working away. Yeah. Seeing God do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Grew to probably five, six hundred people within a couple of years. Wow. And um, in that time, um, we bought a furniture store. Church yeah. bought a furniture store. Uh, it was a monster. Have you seen it? It was a monster yeah. of a building. Yeah, it, was, it was an insane building. Yeah. So we built that thing out, moved into there. Yeah. Church continued to grow. Just lots of cool things happening. And mm-hmm. so um, it was an amazing experience. I'm so thankful. I am so thankful that we never planted a church yeah, no before doing that. Yeah. Like that, the five years of, of starting that location, learning so many invaluable lessons, maturing ourselves. Sure. Like I think there's something to be said for people who jump into things when they're, when they're either too young or too immature and there's obviously there's a tension in that you have to manage you can't wait till you're ready because if you wait till you're fully ready you never it's just too late but i'm so thankful that we did wait 100 percent. yeah i think you're what i'm hearing is it's a story of of learning it's a story of being present where you are it's a story of not getting too ahead of yourself i think oftentimes even in business i want to start this business i want to be successful tomorrow mm. so i do whatever it takes to try to be successful tomorrow you know the instant gratification the instagram millionaires it's the overnight successes but it's it doesn't work like that like Mm. instagram's gonna instagram and all these people on instagram or whatever i'm using instagram as an example are gonna say oh get rich quick or make side money but really and it goes to the scripture of being faithful with a little you'll be faithful with much yeah and that requires process you know we're on the potter's wheel you've you've preached that before it's yeah we're on the potter's wheel right Mm. now and, and god is our God's, God's molding us yeah. to be where we need to be, where mm. we want to be. And you're really a product of that because you, with a lot of humility, moved a lot from Australia to San Diego with absolutely nothing. That takes a lot of humility. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of checking yourself. You know, I mean, like, okay, I'm just going to serve. I'm going to be under Pastor Jurgen for a while. And at some point, it's going to pay off, which it, which it did with the opportunity to plant. Mm-hmm. the third campus yeah yeah it was it was such a wild fun journey yeah. and I think it's something to be said for and this is something that I, I always run into talking with especially young like entrepreneurs yeah, like yeah, yeah. they, they want to be like they want to work for themselves mm-hmm. and, and that's really a good thing in some ways but I, I think there are some people that that aren't supposed to work for themselves mm-hmm. uh, or maybe they're not ready to work for themselves maybe they need to go work for somebody else for several years to mature to a place where they actually can be the number one guy in the office yeah. I think too many young people especially jump out there and, and try and start something before they're ready they just take a moment and i think it's something to be said for how well you can serve another man's vision yeah that's all through the bible like if yeah. you can't serve someone else's vision well you're going to recruit people and people are going to work for you that aren't going to serve your vision well and that's True. really really important both in in church life but then definitely in business life too 100%. absolutely yeah and i I've, I've even just you saying that i think about all the past jobs that i've had because it's not like i graduated college one day I didn't even go to college but didn't mm. graduate and say oh I'm gonna start bringing TJ yeah it's a product of serving at this job really really hard serving at the next job really really hard yeah really hard at the next job learning as much as I can and then taking all of those bundling up and saying oh I have all these experiences that I can now 
create my own and be equipped to do it and have the shoulders to bear that weight. Yep, it's yeah. brilliant. It's been interesting. It's brilliant. Okay, so you, okay, so San Diego, about how long, so you moved to San Diego in 2011? Yeah. And when did you plant the church? Ah, uh, like 13, 14, uh, 15. 2015. So about yeah. four or five years. Of, about four years in, yeah. We were there oh, for about four years before we actually launched that thing officially and, yeah. and had that thing going. Yeah. Crazy. Mm -hmm. So, so life was good in San Diego. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, we're in Seattle. Talk about the the transition from San Diego, to Seattle. What happened in San Diego that gave you gave you a calling for Seattle? Mm. And, and what's what's kind of that story? Because it's another, yeah. in my opinion, another story of major faith. Um, yeah. Uh, hearing hearing from God. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and yeah, just just listening and also acting. Yeah. You know? Also hearing, acting, being sent, and and absorbing and being meticulous with your, mm -hmm. with your mm -hmm. actions too. Yeah. It's probably the number one question we get asked is why would you leave San Diego to come here? Yeah. Which is a very valid question. Yeah. As you know, San Diego is a fantastic place mm -hmm. to live and be and we're part of, you know, part of a great church. Things yeah. were going extremely well in San Diego. Um, this Pacific Northwest region started to become a thing for me um, probably man, probably five or six years ago, um, a, re a really large church up here uh, imploded. And when I heard about that, I felt that, that same grieving uh, I felt when I was 17 for the United States, I felt that for this region, hmm. for this area. And um, I heard about this, this major church up here uh, kind of overnight imploding and a lot of, lot of, lot of stuff happening. And then I heard of um, even a couple other churches up here that were uh, not imploding necessarily, but, but sort of taking steps backwards uh, or shutting down or um, and just just hearing about that. Then, but then at the same time, hearing about, you know, being interested in, in the church plant world, mm -hmm. hearing about how many church plants are happening in, you know, Texas and Nashville and, and those places need great churches. Right. But uh, I'm just looking at the, the whole thing and I'm thinking, well, it seems to me like for every church plant in the Pacific Northwest or in San Francisco or in Portland, uh, more more liberal areas, there seems to be like three, four, five plants happening in, in the Bible Belt. So yeah. I'm just wondering, God, what's, what's happening? Are you a, are you a bad business person or, yeah. Um, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. or, or what's happening here? Like I just, I, so my heart started to break for this region mm. several years before even getting here. Um, and, but I guess it, life was really good in San Diego. So again, it comes down that, back to that arm wrestle of, oh boy, do we leave, we can't just finally, after being in San Diego for so many years, Built, built up a really great life, bought a home, scholarships for the kids, schooling, all these kinds of great things are happening, but I, I couldn't shake this thing for the Pacific Northwest. It, it just wouldn't leave me alone. Yeah. And I'm, a, you know, I'm pretty logical for the most part. I'm not yeah. the kind of guy that's going to have one dream and take off with his family. Let's, let's go do this thing. But you know, I had seven dreams about this region yeah. over several years. And so, yeah, I think, and I've shared some of those dreams with you and some with some of the people, but I think that for me was, was a really important part of it. And, mm -hmm. you know, that vivid dream I had in March of 2019, um, where I walked into that big church and not a specific church, just a big church up here. There's no one in it. And, you know, and I'm like, God, oh, where are all the people? Why is the yeah. church empty up in the Pacific yeah. Northwest? And then the dream gets all weird and I end up. Um, you know, the devil gets comes into the dream, and we start playing chess. It's yeah. a weird, it's a weird dream. Okay, <laughs> I'm playing. Are like, people are like, well, yeah. "Who is this guy?" <laughs> oh, just tune out now. No, keep keep tuning in. But in this in this strange dream, I actually play chess against the devil for the Pacific Northwest, hmm. uh, or no, um, for, for Seattle essentially. And um, in this dream, and in the, in the dream, the devil's like um, cheating with the chess pieces, hmm. as you would expect. Yeah. He's not known for honesty. Yeah, He's yeah. the devil. <laughs> 
Prince of Darkness, but um, he's moving the pieces however he wants to. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in this dream, he's taunting me, he's saying, you know what, you know, most, most churches are only playing with the church pillar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not playing with just the church pillar. The pieces were actually not chess pieces, they were the pillars of society. Yeah. And he says to me, I'm just playing with the church pillar, I'm playing with the pillar of, of education, I'm playing with the pillar of government, yeah. I'm playing with the pillar of business, I'm playing with all the pillars of society. Yeah. And so uh, that was like quite an impacting dream. Yeah, yeah. And the dream ended with the devil saying, checkmate. Yeah. And so I woke up the next day and said to Emma, I keep having these dreams about Seattle. And yeah. she was definitely not into the idea of coming up here. She was, yeah. she was 100%, we're not leaving. We're, life's set sure. in San Diego. We have such great friends, a support network, our church, everything's great. Yeah. So um, long story short, we, it took several more, several more months of, of talking and negotiating yeah. and arguing before we sat with our pastors in October of 2019 and said, hey, this doesn't make sense. We want to leave here behind. We love our lives here. We've got a fantastic church, fantastic building. It's all happening. Revival's happening. Like, mm-hmm. church is exploding. It's great. Mm-hmm. We just can't shake this thing about, about Seattle, about the Pacific Northwest. And so as soon as we said that, Pastor Jurgen lit up. He's like, oh my gosh, if I could choose any city to send you to to plant a church, it would be that, that region. Mm-hmm. This is a God thing. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, we're only going to go if you send us. If not, we'll just hang out. We'll just stay here. Yeah. We're happy to stay here forever. Um, but he's like, no, this is a God thing. We're going to send you. So that's kind of like the shorter version of it. But yeah. that was the, that's kind of how we got here. Yeah. Mind you, you came right when the lockdowns happened. Yes. It was a crazy time. It was nuts. We got here. You were literally, what, driving up? We were driving up as COVID was hitting. We were, when we left San Diego, COVID was... the lockdowns were hitting? Uh, no, lockdowns happened a few days after we arrived here. So... Yeah, as we were driving up, we, we road tripped up the coast for about 10 days, up the whole west coast, it was awesome. But every day, COVID got worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I remember being in San Francisco, Bay Area, um, at my buddy's church, and, and it was like the second last Sunday before everything shut down and, and things were starting to get weird. We were starting to think, maybe this COVID thing is yeah. gonna be problematic. Yeah, yeah. So we got here and everything shut down, <laughs> wild. And now, since then, you just, like the church has just been blowing up like so many people have experienced such a refreshing atmosphere to be at Hope Village Church myself included Mm -hmm. and it shows by the by the amount of people that are serving amount of people that are attending so it's been it's been awesome and it's it really goes to show the the it's it's a God thing that you're up here and it's Mm. it's it's serving its purpose yeah for now yeah yeah I I think it's it shows it's a God idea not and not my idea for sure. Uh, yeah, God's building His church. My job is to make sure that the kind of church we have is His church. Yeah. A, a church that doesn't shy away from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. A church that preaches the truth of the Word of God. Especially right now, I think people are so hungry for, give me black and white. Yeah. I don't want gray area preaching anymore. Yeah. I, want to, I want to hear about, I want to hear some of, some of the more like tricky topics at sure. church. Sure. And there's a t- definitely a time and a place for a, a nice, encouraging, motivational yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday. Yeah. But I do think that Right now, in the climate we're in, we, we need to be really preaching the truth yeah. of what the Word of God says. I think you explained something really well that I often quote you on is, is it's, the Bible is not, it's not a one-course meal, right? mm-hmm. it's like a buffet. There's it's a the, buffet, there's yeah. There's the grace, there's the, there's the Holy Spirit, there's the X, Y, Z. You can't just eat yeah. from one You can't one just eat dish. from one. Yeah. And that's when I, when I look at a year and I think well, I've got 52 Sundays and I'm not going to preach all 52, yeah. but I've, I've got 52 Sundays. I want to make sure that our, our church receives sermons about all kinds of different topics, okay. which is challenging because like there's, there's my, my leaning would be to go to preaching about purpose, revival, 
take the city, faith. So if if all I preach is that, then there's going to be parts of the the buffet, which by the way, I'm a big fan of buffets. Come on, buffet. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. It's, anyway, um, but it, the buffet of, of the Word of God is so, there's so much within that yeah. um, to talk about and teach about. So much within there. Yeah, yeah. No. One thing that you hit on was pillars of society. Mm. I think people often uh, maybe maybe think that maybe they're believers that the only way that I can be in ministry is if I'm a pastor mm-hmm. or if I'm serving. Talk about the pillars of society and how there's actually purpose behind mm. your vocation and what you're actually doing. Absolutely. You're, you're a great, great way of articulating this. Yeah, yeah. I think the day that a Christian can realize that they're called to be in full-time ministry, not for necessarily a church, but in their life, mm-hmm. that's a powerful day. Mm-hmm. I think that we need to have Christians in all spheres of culture, all spheres of society. We need to have Christians in Hollywood, changing changing the arts and entertainment. We need to have Christians in uh in government, in education, we need to have Christians in uh, business. Mm-hmm. We've got to have, like, people need to understand that you know being in full time ministry is not mean working for a church. Yeah. And for some, it will. For me, it's ended up there. I've I've been bivocational most of my life. For right now, I'm really just planting a church, which has been my most of my attention really. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from messing around in the stock market, <laughs> aside mm-hmm. from that, like most of what I'm doing is just church, church, mm-hmm. church right now. But for most people, it's not going to be their story. Mm-hmm. For many people. They're, they're going to find great purpose and almost a weight off their shoulders when they realize, oh, actually, you know, I'm, I'm actually called to be mm-hmm. a phenomenal high school teacher. Yeah. That's, what, that's where I am. I'm going to be faithful with that. And I, I think when we're faithful with, with small, we get big. And I think that even Christians, knowing that they're in ministry, it's going to empower them. Don't, don't just be a great high school teacher. Yeah. Go ahead and get yourself promoted. Be, be the principal of the school, possibly. Yeah. Be the superintendent of the region. I think that we need to have, this, like now more than ever before, Christians need to rise up in whatever sphere they're in yeah. and be an influencer in that region. Yeah. From everything from small business to big corporation, um, from education to being involved in government, whether it's local, whether it's, whether it's state, whatever it is, mm-hmm. being, being a, a light, being so the Bible talks about us, uh, us being salt and light. Mm-hmm. And, and that, it's easy to be a light in a really dark place. Everyone says, oh, it's so dark in the Pacific Northwest. We're like, okay. Well, how easy is it going to be to be a bright light then if it's dark up here? Cool. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. And then to me, it's also crazy because when I was growing up and or younger, not growing up, but when I was younger, I was reading books about leadership, about XYZ, about how to crush your invocation. And then now as I'm maturing as a Christian, I'm realizing that those authors are actually Christians themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those principles are actually from the Bible. Right. And it's right. crazy that, that there's so much alignment with vocation and with, with being a Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people, again, going back to your notion, oh, I have to serve because I'm in ministry, or like these principles that so many people teach on a massive scale mm. are the same principles that are found in the Bible. Actually. Absolutely. That's 100% true. John Maxwell. John Maxwell. I used to eat the goat. stuff up and then I never even knew he was Christian until yeah. a few years ago. And I was like, wait. He's awesome. I made him story. one time. Yeah. I made him one time. He's very tanned. Anyway, yeah. He's cool. He's, he's this, a really like, cool voice guy. voice is so captivating. Yeah. But yeah. it's the same thing. He was called into ministry and then he was called in, into business yep. because he was writing all these books on how to grow his church or how to have the principles to grow, to grow something and then all the business people were eating it up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you say something about, oh, like you're, you're calling, like you're called to this, you're called to that. If I'm listening to this and I'm like, how do I know? 
do I know if this is my calling or what like what does that even mean my mm-hmm. calling what, mm. what are some kind of things that practically myself or the listeners could yeah. listen for or look for that that can make them feel confident that they're in their calling or maybe they're not yeah it's a great question I think it's probably a question we get asked a lot is I don't know like what I'm on this planet for I don't really know what, what God wants me to do um, they're all really great questions to ask um, I would go back to well God has an assignment for you, maybe several assignments for you in your life to fulfill. And rather than putting all that, all that back to God, like, God, what do you want me to do? God, what do, you, what do you want me to do? It's sometimes it's good just to look at yourself and say, well, what am I, what am I passionate about? What am I ang-? Usually people think that anger is like a negative thing, mm-hmm. but I, I find that anger leads to passion. Mm-hmm. And if you're angry about something, you probably are the person meant to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're angry about the way things are in your city, they need to go and help fix that yeah. thing. Yeah. So I think, um, kind of coming back to the, the question, I think looking at what, what, what makes you angry, what are you passionate about, what, what lights you up, what, what's going to get you up at 4am in the morning yeah. and what's going to keep you up at night, like thinking about it, oh man, we could do this better, we could do that better. Yeah. That's what you should be looking to do. And if it's not if that, if that is working for a church and being in ministry that way or volunteering at church, absolutely, but it may not be. Yeah. You're probably in Brandtegic because you saw that, you probably saw some companies with some, some pretty average marketing and you probably got bothered by it and said, yeah. oh man, these guys could be so much better. Yeah. I wish that they would spend some money. And, and, but rather than just complaining about it, you yeah. actually went and started something that actually solves a problem. It solves a problem of there are great companies that have bad marketing yep. and they could be doing a lot better yeah. with your help. 100%. And it's totally like Brandtegic's a testimony of exactly that mm. where it's like man like all these clients are asking me for help and there's no one to help them mm. there's no one to do it well and they can do a piece of it well and I'm, I started to think to myself I could create something and absolutely crush it for these people yep. and it was very natural for me mm. like it was one thing that I didn't have to sit there and do a lot of research and try to force myself to do it. Like, I'm not going to start a bookkeeping company because I have zero interest in that and that doesn't come yeah. natural to me. Yeah. But the whole marketing thing and all my careers leading up to that set me up for that. And it was, it was really something, again, like to your point, that made you angry. And it's like, gosh, if there was just something that could do this. And I got to the point where I was like, I'm just going to do it. Mm. And then look what's happening. And look what's happening. That's Blowing how you up. know that you're, you're in God's will and you're yeah. just... Really, I call it acting in a, in a place of obedience. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's not this huge thing that I'm on this throne and I'm this company owner and blah, blah, blah. It's more of just, I've just been going through a series of obedience and calling and yep. I've, I've gone sideways and it's not worked out. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm in my calling, it's kind of like a flow state, mm, you know? Mm. So maybe the people listening, like what makes you in a flow state? Mm. And that could be what your calling really yep. is. Yep. You know, I think Jimmy, I video you feel in flow state when you're in video mm. like, like you know yeah like creative especially yeah you know, the graphic designers you can just tell they're just in their in their zone when they're doing it mm-hmm. for me i can I, I i feel like god's in something when i make the switch from being in a rowboat which is completely dependent on me rowing the thing the whole time yeah. and i've switched to a sailboat where all i need to do is make sure that the sail is tacked 
or whatever they call it, sailing people, I'm sorry, have the sail correct yeah. and, the, and, the, and the grace of God is yeah. going to push that thing forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there may be times where the, where the wind dies down and I may have to jump in there and row for a minute. There's, yeah. there's, there's that tension of it's hard work and it's trusting God. And if you just trust God and don't work hard, it's not going to work. And if you just work hard and don't trust God, it's not going to work either. It's a tension yeah. to manage. Yeah. Uh, but I think that that's to come back even to the point of, man, I'm not sure what I need to do and what's, what's God's will for my life. Yeah. I think looking at, well, what, what do I feel like when I'm doing it, that the the, the, the breath of God's on that yeah, thing. On. Really, really important. Yeah, that's so true. Mm. And also this, just, I, I think sometimes there, there are times where God's will is not as specific as we think. I think God's a good father and we don't want to forget that. Like I have kids and if my kids grow up, well, they will grow up. In Jesus' name, they will grow up <laughs> one day. And if, if my daughter decides she wants to go ahead and, and be a, a teacher at a high school, yeah. I, I think that's awesome. If she yeah. wants to go ahead and lead a business, that's awesome. If she wants to go and be a real estate broker, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I think that sometimes we get really stuck on, oh, there's only one thing that God wants me to do. And if I don't do that one thing, yes. I'm out of alignment with God. I'm a bad person. I'm a sinner. It's just not true. Yeah. I, think, I, think, I think there are specific instances where God has specific projects and missions for people. Yeah. Like you look at the story of Jonah. Mm-hmm. God said, hey, go here. He's like, yeah, no he way, I'm going sense, here. Yeah. So there are times, I think for Emma and I, it was definitely a specific geographic calling. Yeah. But if, if we'd said, if we got it wrong and said, actually, you know, we're going to go to Texas and start a church, I don't think God would be so upset about that that he would say, well, then forget you. Um, I'm not going to bless you. For sure. God blesses the ground you're walking on quite yeah. often. Amen. Yeah. And I think another thing is if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I've got to reevaluate my whole life because I don't know what God's will is for me and i got to not do anything. i got to wait for God's specific calling. Mm-hmm. I would say just take some action. Like if you know that you want to get into business or you have a, a, a interest in X, Y, Z, just start taking action. Like you, mm-hmm. can, you can have faith. You can have faith. You can, you can hear and like you can know that God's will will be presented to you. But if you're just sitting there and you're not doing anything, like faith of that works is dead, right? You gotta, so you gotta actually start taking some steps to yeah. put yourself out there, to challenge yourself a little bit, yeah. to not just be like, okay, if it's gonna be God's will, then I'm instantly gonna be blessed and mm-hmm. it's gonna be perfect right here. I'm gonna have a successful company. Oh, I'm gonna do yeah. this. It's like you gotta start just taking <laughs> yeah. some steps to mm-hmm. get maybe a direction. Yep. And then I think it's it's not a straight road. It's gonna be like a windy road, and you can yep. take some rest areas, and it's gonna be boom, boom, boom. So totally, yeah. I think over-spiritualizing that stuff can also be paralyzing for a lot oh, of people. For sure. Like, or oh, thinking, oh, this is, this is really hard. It can't be God. Yeah. Like, that's such a lie. 100%. It's so not true. Things are going to be hard. That's not yeah. like me trying to be a downer on the, on the podcast. I think, I think young people especially can buy into this thing where, where they forget that there's no, they think there's no rowing involved. It's just the sailboat. Yeah. Now, if it's God's will, it's just going to happen. It's just gonna, yeah, like if we'd said that about moving here, you know, if it's God's will, it's just going to happen. And we, and we just got up here and we're like, well, it's locked down now. Let's just chill. Let's just hang out. 100%. And if God wants to build his church, then he'll, he'll just do yeah. it all for us. Like, yeah. I think there's, like, there's a tension to manage of God is building his church, but then he's looking for people to go ahead and put their hands to the plow. For the sure. harvest is plentiful, yeah. but the workers are few. Yep. Yep, yep. It doesn't even say that the, the people who pray are few. Now, yeah. obviously, we believe in prayer. Prayer's, yeah, yeah. Prayer is powerful, but you, you, you've got to... Gotta bring the harvest in. Totally. You gotta get out in there on the John Deere. Yeah. With a little hat on, the sure, thing yeah. out yeah. Bring the harvest in, amen. When, when Noah was, was building that ark build the ark, he had to build the ark. Right. God could have said, like, Hey, magic like, here's a magical ark for you. Hundred percent. He said not. So nah. you gotta work, you gotta put the you gotta put the work in in order for it to happen. Mm-hmm. But he's equipping you through that work for what his plan is. Mm-hmm. And Noah, if he was not a master 
problem solver would never have figured out the yeah. arc. Yeah. Never. For sure. So it's interesting that the balance of, of having faith and, and actually not over spiritualizing it too much and because I think there's the there's the notion of um, like people just thinking too much about it, you mm-hmm. know, and they don't do anything, and then they get in that analysis process. It's basically balancing the the faith where you can have you can have the the notion of what is it where you're you're trying too hard to hear from God and, mm-hmm. and try to make decisions, or you're just taking way too much massive action without trying to slow down. Right. Yeah. It's just like a, yeah. Or even questioning, oh, is this God's will? I think if, if you, the more you read the Bible, that's why the Bible's so important. The more yeah. we, we read the Bible, the more we, we understand the heart of God, the more we know what His will actually is. Mm-hmm. So we find ourselves asking God different kinds of questions. Yeah. Like, like my kids ask questions that kids should ask. But when my kids are 25 years old, I hope they're not asking me the same questions because yeah. they've grown up and they've matured. Yeah. I think as we mature, we, we see things through a different filter and, and through a different lens. And it's easier to know what God's will actually is when we've matured and grown. Yeah. No doubt. So specific to business, what do you feel? Because I think there's a lot of misconceptions. I think one thing that I really love about Hope Village Church and just your DNA is the passion for marketplace, the passion for business, the passion for Mm -hmm. equipping business people to go out and have a kingdom-driven, purpose-driven business Mm -hmm. that's not just here to serve myself, to serve Austin. It's not yeah. Austin Schneider Studios, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's <laughs> With a big, like a big thing of you, a big picture yeah. of you. you I'm, I'm on billboards everywhere, right? <laughs> it's, it's, this is a vessel, right? This, okay. is, yeah. this is an yeah. opportunity for me to, to use this to hire people, to mm-hmm. steward to them, to learn about them. To, it's, a, it's about the people, yeah. right? So maybe kind of smash the idea of, oh, I'm in business because I want to grow my... You, yeah, your thing, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it needs to get smashed over and over again because I've seen time and time again people who, who get successful and they get everything they thought they wanted and they're so broken, they're so empty, they're so unfulfilled. Uh, I think the big problem is, is because people quite often get into business because maybe they can't work for somebody else, which is a problem we've already talked about a little yeah. bit. But they get into business to build their empire. Mm-hmm. And that always has a bad ending to it. Because either A, you won't get it and you'll be disappointed, or B, the day you do get it, you're gonna be disappointed. For sure. So when we have a, a culture and a society that says, hey, go out there, build your empire, yeah. go and crush it, um, we're setting people up for failure. Yeah. And that's why we love um, in, uh, at, at church uh, encouraging and really setting business people back, back into mission, the mm-hmm. idea that when you go to work on Monday morning, don't go in as I'm just the CEO of this little company, you know, yeah. got 20 something employees, yeah. uh, whatever. Like you go in there thinking on Monday morning, man, I, I get the honor of being able to look after and be around 20 incredible people mm-hmm. who I'm not just their boss, I'm also their friend, I'm also a voice in their life. They may not have a voice in their life that could be godly at all apart from yours. Mm-hmm. And you're their boss, so you or, or automatically have influence over them yeah. like differently from, from someone who's not their boss. Yeah. So I think marketplace people need to understand that they're called to be influential. Even if they're not, they may, may not feel like they're really wide for like crazy leadership and, and whatever. I think, I think it's about being faithful with the small. And if you've got one person mm-hmm. that you're sharing a cubicle with, maybe that's the person you need to share share Christ with, yeah. pray for if they're sick, yeah, well, yeah. whatever. So I think it's that. And 
I think too, when we get stuck in building our own little empire, we, we quite often, when it, and then it doesn't fulfill us, we often end up in bad, people end up in a really bad place. Yeah. I think that what, I think what there's gonna be a big returning to yeah. is the building of the kingdom, mm-hmm. the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people understand business mm-hmm. and they might, maybe they understand charity and yeah. charity is good. It's great to give to charity. It's yeah. great to you know, be, chari- be a charitable person. That's awesome. Uh, or maybe even they get business and they get philanthropy. Mm-hmm. Go and do great big things out there. Mm-hmm. That, that, they're not bad things, mm-hmm. but I don't, those things should not replace kingdom. Because yeah. we believe that, that the local church is the bride of Christ. It is the hope of the world. Mm-hmm. If we're building the kingdom of God, if, if marketplace people can understand that yes, there's a whole side of, of being in marketplace that's about loving people, yeah. giving people jobs, yeah. giving people a great place to work, yeah. a great place to do life with other people to fulfill a purpose, you know, for you guys it's marketing, for other people it could be something else. But then when we also understand that, no, no, we're actually here to see the kingdom of God established here on earth, the local church, the bride of Christ. Mm -hmm. I can't think of anything else that I would wanna put my my finances towards than building the local church is the hope of the world. Yeah, no doubt. And I think going back to your point of just like coming into work with, with that, with a new skin of, hey, like I'm here to be a light. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if work is a, traditionally known as a dark place or if you're listening to this and you don't really enjoy going into work, what if you went in with, hey, I'm actually gonna be a light in this workplace mm. and impact the 20 people that are around me. Yeah. And the same thing for me, it's like, I have the opportunity to come people, come have people come work for Brandtegic. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome because I come into it with knowing that I'm a servant, even yeah. to my employees. Yeah. And then also just being the light, like trying to mm-hmm. exuberate some sort of light that they can catch and be like, hey, like, like why are you like why are you always so joyful? Or why yeah. why why did your values tell you to do XYZ? Mm. You know, and it's like, well, mm. let me tell you something. Totally. You know, I'm even practicing being more bold about it too. Because mm. that's thing one thing that I've been even hesitant to is to bring that into even my social media is, is my, my faith walk and my faith journey and even the values of that with everything that's going in the world, even to, you know, outside of business. So, right. Yeah. I think the way that we make a dark place bright is not from one or two people having really bright lights yeah. from hundreds, thousands of people just shining their own light. Yeah. That's how we light a place up. I think people throw the baby out with the bathwater and they think, well, if I can't, influence the thousands then yeah. I won't bother yeah. but most people will never you'll, you'll never influence thousands if you won't influence hundreds and you'll never influence hundreds if you won't influence tens sure, sure. and you'll never influence tens if you won't influence the one yeah. the handful of people yeah, so true. that's I'm, I'm not that smart of a guy yeah. I'm really not I barely went to high school <laughs> yeah, that's true yeah. um, but I know this I know that if I'm faithful with whatever God gives me whatever comes across my desk. If I'm faithful with small things, mm-hmm. I know that inevitably it will large, lead to larger things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm also faithful, even if it doesn't, mm-hmm. I'm still cool with that. Mm-hmm. I'm cool, if, 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 if I'm just, because at the end of the day, or at the end of my life, I wanna, I wanna sit in my rocking chair with Emma yeah. and look back on our lives and go, we were faithful with whatever yeah. you gave us. Yeah. Not so much, well, you know, I, I'd, I'd love to hope that we'll, we'll do something significant, change yeah. the world. We, you know, big is our future is one of our values of Hope Village Church. We really believe we have a big God with a big vision and we have a big vision for the city to start 
locations of our church all across this city and that's what we're going to go for that's what we're going to aim for we're going to swing for the fences we may as well we only get one shot at life we may as well go for it but in saying that too that if i don't get what i would envision but i can still sit on my rocking chair as an old man and be i was faithful though i was faithful with whatever god gave me for me that is much more important so true and then also going back to your point of of businesses being in being influenced to further the kingdom I think there's going to be a, a huge turnaround because I'm even seeing the most influential people that maybe I look up to are in business, mm-hmm. right? And then a lot of them are also believers. So I catch what they have and I see what they're doing and I follow in their footsteps. And if they're bringing a lot of people to Christ, like even Justin Bieber, for instance, not saying him as an example of a business person, but he's got, what, 80 million followers on Instagram and he's talking about Jesus. That's awesome. Even people like Ed Milet for me, it's like he's he's in business and he's also a very faithful like Christian, right? And I think there's going to be a lot more of those people coming up that are going to influence people who may want to be in business to serve themselves, but to actually influence them to seek something else to serve, yeah, right, and to have purpose behind growing their business, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so we have to. Big Christians have to rise up right now. Yeah. We have to understand that it's our job, it's our responsibility to disciple the city that we're in. Yeah. And if we don't disciple the city that we're in, then the culture will disciple the people yeah, in our city. That. So and that is, that is the absolute truth. And even, you know, I don't want to get on too much of a tangent, but the Bible says go into all the world and make disciples. It doesn't say to go into all the world and make a crowd. Yeah. I think gone are the days where we just celebrate the big crowd. Big crowds, are nothing wrong with big crowds, nothing wrong with big, big conferences and having big meetings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think there's, there's gotta be a returning back to, yeah, we've got the big crowd, sure. But what's really important is the discipleship, yeah. is, is we're gonna disciple the city. Yeah. Otherwise, what are we doing? We're just hanging out with the crowd, just like-minded individuals yeah. for a, a nice fluffy sermon on Sunday, a nice, TED talk that could be compared to a rotary motivational thing. I don't want to do that. I think we need to disciple the city. And I think that happens from everyone taking whatever they're doing very seriously, Mm -hmm. rocking up to work, rocking up to, you know, even even a stay-at-home mum that that thinks, oh, I'm I'm just hanging out with a few mums at the park a couple of times a week. There's still influence. There's still be faithful with the ones that are around you. That's so important. Yeah, people like you said, the coffee shop. The coffee shop, yep. I hear stories all the time of people getting served food yep. and then they end up bringing that person to church and they yep. raise their hand at church and it's yep. like, oh, there's a life there's a, that I just It happens all the time. There was a, a, a girl that Emma met at a coffee shop here in Seattle and she was about to move, her and her husband were about to move to Arizona yeah. and Emma struck up a conversation, invited her to church. Long story short, they've now decided, now we're not going to flee, we're not going to get out of here because yeah. it's challenging and move somewhere where it's easier. Uh, we're going to stay here. We're going to yeah. build the church here. So their whole life has taken a whole different direction because of one little moment, Emma being faithful with a, just a random conversation mm-hmm. at a coffee shop. Yeah, no kidding. Mm. So practically speaking, how, if, I'm, if I'm listening to this, you know, I'm a believer, maybe I'm not a believer, but um, more so for the believers. If I'm, if I'm listening to this and I'm about to go into work tomorrow, maybe I'm driving to my car right now on my way to work or I'm working out, how do I go into work honoring God? Mm-hmm. How do I honor God with my work? How do I honor God in my vocation? Maybe yeah. I'm a restaurant server right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm doing X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. How do I still continue to honor God? What are some practical steps that practical. somebody listening? Yeah, fantastic. I think, firstly, excellence. Excellence is something that 
Christians should be more known for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's the he, oh, he's the Christian guy. Yeah, he's always late to meetings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that's not a good thing. Like, yeah. don't don't say you're a Christian if you're if you're always late to meetings yeah. and you and you're always on your phone. You're always not paying attention. Yeah. You're not executing on the project effectively. I think excellence is really important. I think honor. I think we need to to really bring back the importance of an honor culture. Mm-hmm. And I think you've heard me probably teach this at maybe like a leadership thing or yeah. maybe it's something I've taught this before up here where we need to honor up, down and all around. It's mm-hmm. kind of a clever little play on words that rhymes. <laughs> so um, honoring up would be honoring your boss, mm-hmm. whoever's over you and honoring them means not so much what you say to their face, what you say behind their back. That's what honor looks like. Really, anyone can say nice things to their boss, but what do you say about your boss when someone else is at the cooler and they're having a little, little session of complaining, what do you say then? So I think honor, uh, one step of being a Christian in marketplace is honoring up, yeah. honoring down, honoring the people that work for you. Yeah. Not being the boss that, that you know, obviously uh, you know, there are some really bad bosses out there. I think that as Christians, we shouldn't be known as being the bad bosses. We should be known as, my goodness, this, like, I think if, if people would, would, would rather work for, for you and I but get paid less money than they were working somewhere else, I think we're doing something right there. Yeah. I think people who have a good boss that loves them, it's for them. Yeah. I think it's, there's such an opportunity for us to um, influence people from being just great bosses. Yeah. And then, so that's up, down, all around, honoring your coworkers and, yeah. and honoring the people that are around you. And again, what are you saying at the cooler yeah. about the people that you work with? And I think if you do those three things really well, and there's been so many times in my life where I haven't done those things well, and I've realized it afterwards. Yeah. And I've realized, oh, I actually, that actually costed me. That costed me a, a, a friendship that yeah. went, it could have been a friendship, it was just an acquaintance. Or um, that costed me, maybe, maybe that costed me a promotion. So things like that, uh, I think, I think those two things, excellence and honor would be at least a good starting point for yeah. being an effective person, especially working for somebody else, which is where most people are at watching mm-hmm. today. Most people work for somebody else. And I think being faithful with another man's vision is so important. Yeah, I always think to myself, and this is me just getting vulnerable, is I don't know how me as not having the backbone of Christianity, the backbone of good teaching, the backbone of a good pastor could succeed in business, to be honest. Because mm-hmm. when you're under pressure, your, your flesh, your, your, your anger will rise or you want to make rash decisions mm-hmm. or you want to make decisions for yourself, but without the backbone of, of the values of Christian and the values that I want to stand for yeah. as a business owner, I'm like, I would crack mm. in a second. Yeah. I find myself sometimes sitting in my office and I'm like, please, Holy Spirit, just, just help me mm. more like you, Jesus, in mm-hmm. this situation and, mm-hmm. and what should I do? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, just, unfortunately, a lot of people are in your position without the, the, the backbone, the foundation of, of Jesus, of, yeah. of following Jesus. And that's quite often why they end up doing all kinds of crazy things. Exactly. They, they turn to substance abuse. They turn to, well, Humanizing, cheating on their wives, all, the, all the bad stuff. All the, or, or they just, all their money. they just flick it to, I'm just going to flex so hard. I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to get the next car and then the next car and the next car. And when the cars don't fulfill them, maybe it's a jet and then the jet doesn't fulfill them. Maybe it's a, you know, five homes in five states. It's just, yeah. it's a never ending yeah. pursuit of, flexing yeah. and again it comes back to building my empire which is where i think a lot of people who are probably in that position of oh i'm going to crack they they they, they go, well, i'm just going to continue yeah. building my empire yeah and again it has a bad ending to it yeah so good so one thing that i really appreciate about hope village church and just you in general is your ability to inject 
faith in the people. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people listening to this are thinking about starting a business or thinking about quitting their job because they don't feel like they're they're aligned where they are. Mm-hmm. What can we say to those people who are who maybe need a little bit of push of faith yeah. to get going? Because I mean, there's so many stories in the Bible. Anybody successful, just in the secular world even has had a lot of faith to do that. So how can we encourage people maybe to to like take the first step and, yep. and not overanalyze it or not just be stuck in your situation? Mm, yep. It's a good question. I think that faith and wisdom go together. I think that if you're a boxer you you should have, you know, a good a good left and a good right. And so maybe your faith is your left and wisdom's your right. And you want to have people around you as you're making these big decisions that represent both of those those gloves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, if I'm if I'm looking at the next big steps for our church, yeah. I'm looking at okay, who can I ask? Yeah. Who's a big faith person that's going to say yes, you should do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and who am I going to ask that is very much a wisdom person that's going to say, well, have you thought about this? Mm-hmm. What about that? What if this happens? Mm-hmm. You want to buy that big building, or what if it's got a um, a roof that's falling apart. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So there's, I think that we've got to have the right people around us. I think where we're entrepreneurs get into really bad, sticky spots is when they've got no one around them or they've got the wrong people around them and they're acting out of emotion, they're acting out of frustration, they're acting out of, I've been working here for five years and yep. haven't had a single you know, pay rise or promotion. I've got no... I think I, there's, there's certainly wrong reasons to go and start your own thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you, when you start your own thing for the wrong reasons, probably not going to work yeah. um, I think that to go back to the, the, the thing of faith the question of faith I think we need to work like it's all up to us yeah. and then pray and trust God like it's all up to him yeah, so I, I, it's an old cliche saying yeah. but I think it's so true it's so true and, you know um, God's going to put things in front of us that are going to involve tons of faith yeah. it's just it's, it's just part of living a, a life following him yeah and I think how, how we respond to those things is really important. Yeah. I think that there's going to be times where you just kind of have to be okay with the fact that you're going to have an uncomfortable life. Yeah. Like, you know, there's the whole Christian cliche saying of, oh, man, like, oh, I just don't have a peace about it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like when you take that girl out on a date, oh, I just don't have a peace about it. I'm like, oh, man, here we go again. Like, I think peace is overrated. Now, we need to, they're, they're, the Bible does talk about peace. Peace is, is a fruit of the Spirit. I think that there are, you need to have an, an, an inner feeling of, oh, I have peace on this, yeah. even though this is extreme. Like if, if you were to go out onto a, onto a battlefield yeah. in a war, you would not have peace. Yeah. But you, maybe you could have inner peace, but you're going into a very unpeaceful, uh, unpeaceful situation. Yeah. You're going into a circumstance yeah, yeah, yeah. wildly stressful. So I think without some accepting at the very beginning that there is going to be times where this is going to be stressful, this is going to be crazy, yeah. but... At the end of the day, I'm going to trust God. Yeah. I'm going to do everything I can do. And then I'm, there's a point where I'm like, well, God, the rest, you got to do the rest. I, I, all I can do is what I can do. Yeah. I trust you, do the rest. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you are thinking about starting a business, what I'm hearing is don't just go start a business. Go get some wisdom from, from your friends. Go, get some, go find a mentor who's been in the position before. And then do something as simple as writing a business plan. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's the dumbest down. When someone says, oh, I, I want to start a business, I'm like, okay, like, do you have a business plan? Oh, no. Well, like, that's cool. You have a lot of faith to start a business one yeah. day. Yeah. But I don't, like, it's Fugazi faith. Like, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not actual. Like, to me, it's, it's empty. 
Right? Yeah, so it's, it's not real faith. It's the people that are like, oh, I want to start business, I want to do this, and it's like, yeah. Have some, have some wisdom. Have some wisdom with it as well. It's wisdom really wisdom's going to complement your faith. For sure. It's going to make you feel like, yeah, I've, I've got this, I've done my due diligence, and I, I'm good. And through that, you'll get revealed stuff as you're talking to people, as you're seeing the stuff on, on paper, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I can do this, or mm-hmm. maybe it's not the best idea yeah. to pursue this. Yeah. And that whole need of, of having faith never really goes away. Yeah. Like it goes away if you, if you realize, well, this is where we're going to sit and we're going to stay here. Yeah. Like it took you faith to go from a couple of people in your apartment mm-hmm. to half of this office space with yeah. a couple of people in there, maybe yeah. a few more people in there. Yeah. Now it takes faith to it, expansion. Taking ground always takes faith. Mm-hmm. It, it never really goes away. And, that, and that's, I just realized I've signed up for a life being a Christian, um, being a church planter. Yeah that I've just signed up for a life, it's, it's, it's always going to require faith. I hope I never come to that day where I don't need to trust God anymore. Sure. I, at, at that point, I probably need to yep. hand, hand everything over yeah. to some, someone else who's actually got some, uh, almost said a bad word then, <laughs> got, got, some, got some faith inside of them, I'll say yeah. that much. Yeah, no, that's good. No, super good. And I, mm. I, I think the wisdom thing is what, what's hitting with me. Because mm. every decision here, yeah, on the outside, you'd be like, oh, faith, 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 but all the hours doing my research, talking to people, making sure that's planned faith. Yep. You know, I've, I've had plenty of faith decisions that might not work out because I've gone through the, the ringer and it's yep. actually not a, a thing. Yep. Yeah. Totally. And there's always going to be some degree of risk. Like if you're looking for a completely, like if you're overanalyzing in like hiring somebody, yeah. you, you could, you could, it's funny here about like, some of these guys that go, work at these tech companies and they have like seven or eight interviews. I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, wow. Like, you know, anyway, so uh, I think even hiring someone, um, there's going to be some a certain percentage of I'm just going to have to trust that yeah. this is going to be good, a good thing for you. I think yeah. the same thing applies. Yeah. yeah. So what's next for Hope Village Church? What are you most excited for in the next, <laughs> next couple months, next yeah. couple weeks, next year? Yeah. Yeah. Lots is happening. We um excited to do our grand opening at the end of September. It's going to be cool. Um, We're launching uh, our next semester of village groups. I think around 20, uh, 22-ish village groups going to be happening, which is great. And for Pastor Emma and I, groups are such an important, because going back to discipleship, how do we disciple a city? Well, Pastor Emma and I don't, we can't disciple a whole city. We're just two people. Jesus had 12 yeah. And one of those didn't work out too well. So, um, you know, we, our, our, what we get so lit up about is the fact that we're going to have uh, groups happening next semester, this semester. Um, it's going to be cool. And we have that happening. We're obviously looking for a permanent location yep. uh, aggressively, yeah. especially right now. More than ever, we're looking very aggressively for a permanent location. Uh, we're also excited about starting more locations. First things first, we, we know we've got a you know, launch this thing and, and get this thing really happening here on the east side. But we're looking forward to doing other locations in Seattle and down in, um, I think Tacoma would be a fantastic place yeah. for another location up north. And, yeah. you know, you go up to like Everett, Marys, uh, Marysville. Is it Marysville? Yeah, yeah Marysville. Um, there's a lot, a, lot of, a lot of people to, to disciple up here and a lot yeah. of people that we want to reach. And that's going to happen through multiple locations for our church. We get yeah. so excited about the future. Yeah, one thing what that I looks really like. love and appreciate is the intentionality with groups, the intentionality with reaching so many people through the current people that we have. I mean, yeah. and just the diversity of groups where there's the business groups, yeah. there's the women's group, there's the family group, there's mm-hmm. the men's group. So there's so many options to build community and yeah. find your purpose because 
community is so important mm -hmm. and, and like it was an unlocking moment for me to mm -hmm. be around people because I was yeah. very self-serving but once I got in the community once I started expanding my horizons once I started learning more from the word and just being around community that's what that's when my life started to really mm -hmm. churn and, and, and perk up and start yeah. to get revealed <clears throat> stuff and that's where you can make the switch from building your own empire to building the kingdom. When you realize that what you're part of is so much bigger than, yeah, than yeah. the part you play. Yeah. And I think people, we always say this, you've probably heard us say it a hundred times, that people want to be known yeah. and they want to be needed. Yep. They want to be known, they want to be needed. It's just the way God wired us. Yep. And so we, we always believe that people are known being part of a village group yep. and then they're needed from being part of a team, some kind of serving. And everyone's serving is different. There are people that are on seven teams and they're yeah. doing way too much. And then there are people that serve once a month. But I think what I get really excited about are people who are getting more, um, more skin in the game and, I'm, and just crushing that culture yep. uh, of, man, church is a consumer-based thing. Like I just come to church to consume. I come here because it's a nice little sermonette and I go about my life and I go to seven different churches mm -hmm. and I don't have a pastor yeah. and I don't have any accountability. Yeah. I don't believe in giving. Like I just, yeah. love, I just love that we're rocking the boat for a lot of people up here cool. who are, and we're challenging people and uh, in a great way to um, expect more of them. Yeah. I, have, I remember one, one day a gentleman who was um, twice my age I said to him, man, I think people just really want to have more expected of them. Mm -hmm. And he like, it just struck me. He said, oh, I want you to expect more of me. Yeah. And I was like, wow, you're twice my age. Totally. And, and you're a very successful business person. Yeah. Yeah. And how intimidating is it? Well, it's in some ways, I'm like, yeah. wow, people actually, anyway, so that's a bit of a tangent, but I get yeah. excited about yeah. more than just the, the starting of the church and you know, great totally. Sunday services, which are really important, great worship, really important. I get excited about the stories We've seen so many stories of people who have been lit up and, yes. and they, they've been, maybe they've been in church, in and out of churches their whole life, but now they actually want to, now let's get involved. Yeah. Let's put our hand to the plow. Yep, yep, yep. The harvest is plentiful. The workers is few. Let's, yep. let's make this thing happen. Let's see revival in this city. Yep. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And, and even seeing business people lit happens, up. There's yeah. some business people that are yeah. in our church that are lit up. That's incredible. And they're, and they're like, I haven't been lit up for a long time. I haven't, like there are literally people in our church that are like, I, I, I'm, I'm going to, I could probably retire, yeah. but I'm going to keep going because yeah. I want to help. Yeah. I want us to buy buildings. No so that, that gets me so excited that we're unlocking people. That even people in our church, probably half a dozen families that we're going to move to another state. You know, Washington's not, not good. Yeah. We need to go somewhere else. Yeah. And now they're staying because they believe in the mission of our church. And for me, that's, that's like the ultimate win right there. For sure. It just shows that there's such a big purpose for you being up here. Mm. And it's happening. I think it's happening. So. It's cool. It's fun, man. We love yeah. it. We love our people. We love you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's just awesome. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun to be a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, should, I just remember when we met outside a coffee shop. Yep. And everything was shut down. I was like, what is this guy doing? He's freaking driving up here in the middle of COVID, <laughs> just hitting, and it's like, look at us now. It's crazy. Yeah, it's so been a wild 17 months or whatever it's been, 18 yeah. months, I don't know. Yeah. You lose track of the months. Totally. I, think it, I think it's 2021 right now, but I don't really know. I don't know, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, well, if you're in the Seattle area, you got to come check out Hope Village Church with myself, Pastor Drew, Pastor Emma, the whole congregation. Bunch of amazing people, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., mm -hmm. Sundays. Lincoln Square Theaters, right? Downtown Cinemark, Bellevue. Yep. Cinemark. Cinemark, downtown Bellevue. Yep. Come hang out. We have a full kids thing going on for yeah. 
three months old to 12 year olds and it's, it's awesome we have kids yeah. church happening not childcare kids church happening it's really cool yeah and if you're listening to this before the groups launch check out some groups to get into build some really deep community business yep. group will be fun as well there's gonna be one of those i think mm-hmm. um but yeah and then also follow follow pastor drew and, and the church on instagram where can they find you I'm plugging you. Uh, I want to let you plug yourself. Yeah, sure, man. Uh, Instagram is just at Hope Village Church. Uh, my Instagram is Drew Davies, D R E W D A V I E S, and then there's a couple of underscores yeah. after that. Is either two or three? I can't even remember. Call him for funny videos of Jack. Yeah, yeah. I, I promise you. I can't promise you great content apart from my kids doing crazy stuff, which is I post all the time. Like, did you see my post last night? Yeah. 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 Jack was eating like a tongs. spring roll with yeah. tongs. It's just, I don't know what he's doing. He's, just, he's six years old and he just does what he wants. Yeah. It's awesome. But yeah, we'd love to connect. Please reach out. If you need more questions about the church, need prayer for anything, reach out to us. We'd love to, love to help where we can. Come on. We're not. Thank you. It's man. an honor to be on this, on this part show, on. man. This is awesome. Yeah. So cool. So good. Rise. Love it. And if you like the interview, I would just ask one thing. You share it with someone that you think would benefit from it. I started this podcast so that I can help get inspiring messages out and allow people to see their potential and unlocking in themselves to rise up in their personal and professional lives. And if it's not being shared, it's not fulfilling its purpose.